Hello and welcome to the official Rugby World Cup podcast brought to you by Asahi Super Dry, the official beer of the Rugby World Cup. I'm Gethin, but I'm not the only Jones uh, you're going to hear from uh, today. This Jones has been to three World Cups. He's won three Grand Slams. And the man affectionately known as Bomb is alongside a potential World Cup winner in Paul Vilemsa. If he can return from injury, we'll get back to that in just a second. But also with us, a man whose outfits at this year's Rugby World Cup have had more press than Anton Dupont's jaw injury, Hugo Moni. Gents, pleasure to see you here in London. Uh, Paul, before we get into it, and we've got a lot to get into, to be fair. How are you? How's the injury? And can you come back? Yeah, I think that's been that's been a question. I've been like all the journalists are on my phone, been phoning me for two weeks nonstop. But for me, I, I'm still able to go to get back into the in the squad if a few things uh, fall in line for me. So for me, the the only thing that I can do at the moment is to just get back. So it looks to be like one or two more weeks. What's the feeling when you're watching France? It's a home World Cup. You're just on the outskirts <laughs> of it because you're injured and. You're thrilled for the lads, but you're also like, I wouldn't mind if someone just got a knock. <laughs> I kind of just need a little injury just to get myself back in. Yeah, well, sometimes you can't help but go there, bro. But I kind of dealt, dealt with it already. Like I spend like a few days. I normally give myself a few days if uh, something bad happens in my career, which happens often. What do you uh, do in those three days? Watch Bridget well, Jones? Well, like, uh, I would say I'm, like, I'm an emotional eater, so... Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we all... I haven't done that for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all my career. <laughs> so, no, I get, get through it. Uh, steak by steak, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where are you at fitness-wise, by the way? Percentage-wise, are you back to where you need to be? Are you a little bit... Yeah, I would say like I'm at like 70%. All right. Next few weeks will just be there to like reassure me that I'm good and then, yeah, we'll see what oh, happens. Oh, that could be so cool. It will be, yeah. Well, I'm just focusing on yeah, what I need yeah, to do. Yeah, so. Yeah, steady on. And then we'll see what happens. But yeah. It's 12, 12 hours-ish on from uh, Wales's record victory over Australia. Adam Jones, I was so excited. I'm still excited. It's good, it, wasn't it? It was a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't expect it to beat them by that much, but I thought we'd win. Did you? Yeah. But not by that much. Classic. First person I hear from Wales talk about that game after. Uh, they were asked about the victory and, and this guy went, well, it's a rubbish Australian side, isn't it? <laughs> we were a bit like that, weren't we? we like that, I know, we are a bit like that. We're doing all right, though. Yeah, no, we're we? good. We're fit to me and we, um, yeah. I know Gats always goes on a bit, but I know, we, we do look decent, which is really good. Hard to beat, defence class, captains, what a player. Chuck Morgan yeah, played well, didn't he? He's been fantastic so far. So, no, we're good. We're good. You're right with Jack? Around, you like Gats now? You're right? You don't mind Ron Gatlin? I've read the book, you know. <laughs> you, you friends with him again now? He was like, that was sort of emotionally just writing everything down. So it was nice to get vented to, uh, to Ross Harris at the time. So, no, I, so I, it's better you eat steaks rather than do it that way. Yeah, you know? yeah, we, yeah I haven't spoken too much really. No, I've done a few bits and bobs with him over the years, but uh, yeah, it was all right. Okay. Do you chat to him about coaching though? If you're not, you know, no, I haven't. No, no. I speak to Hams. And John Thomas is in there, so there's a few boys, few boys, my daughter, yeah, kind of bypass the main guy because <laughs> I wish we don't. Well, no, we. We just haven't spoken much, really. <laughs> that was a diplomatic answer, <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, uh, to be fair, what do you make of Wales, sir, Hugo? Class. Oh. Absolutely first class. And I think well, we're three matches into it, halfway through this tournament. It puts into context how great that victory was against Fiji. Four tries. Yeah. Bonus point. We know how good Fiji are. You know, they had set to have a quarterfinals with England. But when you go through the game, you're like, okay, set piece. Tick. Defence. Tick. Discipline, not giving away loads of penalties, execution, attack. They bossed everything. 
control. Gareth Anscombe, what a great story that oh, is for him. Brilliant. Someone who's just been littered of injuries to come back, big as off early in the game. Didn't miss a beat. Assisting tries, kicking goals, controlling the game. I think they're class. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. I, uh, I DM'd Gareth Anscombe this morning on Instagram. It's such a loser. I know. Proper loser. I just get so excited. I have to message all the ones I kind of know and don't know. Like message George North and stuff. I like, no answer. But, you know, I like to do it. But I messaged Gareth Anscombe and I noticed the last message I sent him on Instagram was three years ago, October the 6th, saying, I'm really sorry to hear about your injury again. Like three years on. I mean, it's... I can't imagine what it must have been like for him. You know when um, he put Tompkins through the little chip over the top? Mm. I've just seen the replays. He's just punched in the air. And I just thought that was three years of yeah. frustration in that. I thought Tompkins would be good. Yeah. He's been good. I think he was uh, back home. He was criticised a fair bit mm. at the start, but he's been standing. Mm. And he's always pretty good. When he plays Quinns with Saracens, he, go, he generally holds his own against Andre. So he's, he's a decent like, defender. Yes, he has him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so he's, uh, yeah he's, I thought he's been brilliant. Well, that's... They all have really. Just going back to injuries a second, 2019, you were injured before the World Cup then, weren't you? Yeah. When you just start, tell us, this is a bizarre story, isn't it? First time playing international rugby and then uh, there was this, uh, the time with um, Jacques Brunel and um, Fabian, they had one year with the World Cup year coaching together. I came into the group as an extra, didn't expect uh, really to be selected for the World Cup though, but I just had one objective and that was to at least use the preparation to show the new coach what I have so I can maybe go along with him for the next for the next four years if I show enough. Did the first week of preseason. I was a bit heavier than I than I'm now. <laughs> so I found out I was a bit too heavy. <laughs> and uh yeah, I did the first week. Fabio wasn't there and then I hit myself by the end of the week. It's all my quads and stuff again and then when I actually met him the Monday, it's the first time I met him and I'm like, hi oh, coach, yeah. And then he said, and I, I had to tell him in the same day, and I said, uh, nice to meet you, but I'm off now. I'm off. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And he basically told me, oh, sorry, you've got a four week injury. The preparations are four weeks. So sorry. Oh. What's your fighting weight? <laughs> I found out now later in my career that it's actually <laughs> 126, 127 so kgs. 126 and Weenie Antonio, how much is he? Yeah, he's like almost 140. 41, I said 140, yeah. 145. So that's over a quarter of a ton. Well, right I, I, will say, I will say we played Montpellier probably my first year at Queens, and I was slightly heavier back then. <laughs> 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 ever so slightly heavier. Back then. <laughs> they were, it was ridiculous. Really? Every scrum was me and Marlon. You were just getting like absolute skins yeah. every scrum. We just like trying to collapse yeah. it. And the second was quite. Quite hefty, yeah. I'd say. That's what we're saying. That's why I haven't found my fighting, my <laughs> yeah. fighting weight yet. <laughs> What's your fighting weight? Did you ever? When I played, when yeah. I played, like yeah. I kind of went Lions Test match one twenty, Wales like one twenty one, going to Ospreys twenty five ish. Yeah, off season, a little bit higher. Because wasn't it like between the two World Cups, two thousand seven, two thousand eleven, that gaps was like, come on, we need to get. Yeah, he no, kept yeah. pulling you off, didn't he? After fifty minutes. Um, is that? Oh, no, Steve Anson, that was. Oh, Steve Anson, no, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I was, I was actually quite fit then. I was like 120 kilos, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, free well, so thanks for bringing that up. Some big boys in that uh, Ireland South Africa game at yeah. the weekend. What a test match that was. A kind of game, I'd imagine, Paul, you would have loved. It was just pure physicality. Yeah, yeah I know. You saw with the breakdowns, I think they, both teams did a really good job in making sure those, those break, breakdowns were. were Hard and tough, the South African classic uh, defense coming off the line, shooting up, putting some pressure on their guys. So you saw some good flying tackles that you don't <laughs> normally see anymore because everybody's too scared. Yeah. yeah, 
to do no that cards? anymore. No, yellows, no, no cards, which well, for a physical game, which is really rare. So, yeah, no, I think uh, they were really intelligent and they really brought the most uh, physicality they could have. So, yeah. I, think both teams, I think it was a really good game. You go on, yeah, the reason you're on the pod, well, it's many reasons, um, but okay. you're the man on the ground in France, seeing what's going on. Paul mentioned the breakdown there. It seems uh, to be refereed in a slightly different way. Can you explain what's going on? For those listening, I think there's loads of opportunities. We're seeing loads of breakdown penalties, lots of holding on. And for me, it's good to reward the best jacklers over the ball, people that get in their head over the ball with the best technique. But in the Ireland South Africa game, we didn't see loads of breakdown penalties, holding on penalties. But we just saw it just turned into like a war zone, destruction zone. South Africa, especially making strong physical tackles, maybe not getting the head over the ball, but then one or two seconds later, and you know what it's like when you've secured a ruck and you're like, okay. And then they're coming in and just firing through and just trying to dismantle and just make a mess of it. Ireland, a team that like to play at pace, get through lots of different phases. So if you can slow ball down, disrupt it and make it hard for the likes of Jameson Gibson Park and Connor Murray's to run with the ball. They did a good job there. But if there was one question mark over Ireland, it was physicality. And I think... They showed it in Paris that they can meet and match and in some positions actually better the most physical side in the competition. Several on split on the bench. They won what, three scrum penalties, I think, in the second half Ireland did. I thought they were, they were tremendous. Mm. But play that game again, you could get a different result because there really is well, a much yeah. between both sides. Really was. Well, actually, in the end, it was points, boots, yeah. wasn't it? There's been a big call to bring Andre Pollard back, 11 points missed. On the pitch, is, is, is that fair? It's easy to jump. He's in the squad, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's in the squad. He's from Mark the Mark, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Are you going to swap with Dupont? <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I think, I think you need the kick-out anyway. I think uh, it's, it's hard to watch, because especially as a forward, you want to go on there, dominate, and then you, your guy's not kicking the goals whether it's far for the 10, so it was hard. But I think just on the break, I thought, Ayla were brilliant. As soon as it, it, I guess it shows the value of just placing, not being isolated, but placing the ball the way you need to place the ball. You see when Ireland, well, South Africa carried and placed in, the inside threat then from Ireland was so quick, like Van der Fleer mm. or Doris, it was unbelievable. Mm. So, you know, I know South Africans, uh, you know... Can you just explain it. that from a coach perspective? Because it's such a good point, but to people who haven't played that elite level, what you talk about the ball placement and taking yeah, away the threat. Generally, you don't want to, if you're carrying, say in the pod of three, you want to place out generally because... You don't jackal from the outside. There's someone like Sean. So you don't want to run back yeah. in towards the run. No, no, you can't. Well, not just you want to place the ball out. Because Sean, yeah. for example, because all, like... all the threes are coming from the ruck side. Yeah, yeah. So they can quickly make a choice going in for it or folding. But you don't. So want to you, don't you really do from outside yeah. coming back in because then you can create a problem on the mm-hmm. fit. So that's why Ireland's so good. Detail around the breakdown. You know, pretty on the edge at times, yeah. you know, well, yeah, yeah. You know, how, and they manage the ref really well, but if you, you know, the ball placement's always really good. It's a real fight to get yeah. it long, and then it's there for the nine. So they were, they were outstanding in the box on Saturday night. Geth, on Man in the Box, there's been a huge conversation about him over the weekend. I think he encapsulates South Africa's development over the last four years. In 2019, set piece, take your points. And that was, that was it, especially when you look at the semi-final against Wales, that was how it was limited. South Africa aside, on average, I think over the last 18 months, scoring over three tries a game. What Manny brings in attack is exceptional. So good. But how do you balance them being a better attacking side whilst also having a reliability at goal? 11 points missing, not just him, but Fafta Clerk was mm. kicking from 50, 55 metres. And there's a couple of simple fixes, I think, 
but it's it's a real challenge for them. And we often, when we look at players, we want to talk about the things they're not doing so well, but actually look at his contributions in the game. I thought they were brilliant. And we've got South Africa's side who have got a 7-1 bench. Imagine if they went to 6-2 and had Andre Pollard on it. So you start the game mm. by playing a little bit more and then the tighter it gets, if you think you need that reliability yeah. off the boot, because you're right, Bomb, if you're getting penalties from line-out and scrum, there's no point having a game at line-outs and scrum, which winning you penalties, if they're not 3-6-9 yeah. on the scoreboard. So how they get that balance between wanting to be all-court um, attack whilst being really pragmatic, that's probably where they are at the moment. That's what I feel. What was the likelihood that you could have been one of those forwards coming off the bench for South Africa? Like, looking, do you know what I mean? It's like, so you started out South Africa, then Namibia, then France. How likely was it that you could have been a Springbok? Yeah, well, I played for the under, yeah, under 20, a world champion under 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say I was, I was on track in 2015. The Hanukkah made, made like a massive preparation squad. I think it was like 90, 90 players from the five unions wow. that we have in South Africa wow. to do the first preparations and just to test the, test the guys out. And now I've already played like two Super Rugby seasons and almost two Curry Cup seasons. So yeah. I kind of felt like uh, I was trying to get in, in the scene. And then I wasn't even in that massive group. And then John de Villiers got injured. And then I pulled up a, a young, young lock, which I thought was a bit like, if, okay, I don't know you're going to go for a lock, but even if you do, like surely... Oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, because in my opinion, I was better than that. You guy, were furious, you know? basically. Yeah. And then at the exact same time, while I was so emotional, or what? Uh, my emotional barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I received an offer to, to come to France, and I thought at the exact same time. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just go and do two years in France and then come back with a new coach. That was the idea. No. So I went to France and. Went to Grenoble. Yeah. And then stayed. Ooh. Yeah. Went to Grenoble and then got an offer from Jake White. Well, was, yeah. And he at the same time signed a few of my mates. Yeah. From Pretoria, from Sarabi, from the Bulls. And then I said, well, well, I'm going to stay a little bit longer. And then eventually, no, a little bit longer. And then I had my first, my first son. And then I said, oh, okay, well, it's really getting easier life in France. So I think I'm going to stay. Uh, still hoping that South Africa would come calling, but they never did. And I was forced to like, okay, well, uh, forced to make a decision. I'm going to wait around or I'm going to take my uh, things in my own hands. And then I said, well, I'm going to take, take a chance and go for it and see, because I want to play international rugby. So I said, well, then I'm going to go for France. And they were happy to receive me. Yeah. And, yeah. And I thought, like, well, this is the path of least resistance, and I'm going to go there. Uh, and didn't Galti got, actually Galti went and got your passport for you? He was that keen to get you in? No, so, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they made it really difficult. Like, they actually changed the rule just as, they, as they, they started yeah. talking about me coming in. Yeah. Because there were obviously a lot of pushback and stuff, uh, picking another foreigner or whatever. Because the rule was you can play for the national team, you don't have a passport or anything. And then they phoned me up, it's like, oh, Paul, you're getting a bit, bit attention, too much attention now. Now we're going to have to change. We, we are considering changing the rule that you will need and possible to play for. Luckily, I did start the process like beforehand. And they're like, oh, yeah, and we can't help you because if it comes out in the media that we're helping you, it will look bad. So good luck. <laughs> when you're watching South Africa Island at the weekend, is there part of you, little part of your heart? It's like, come on, South Africa, do you still root for them? Do you still support Yeah, because, um, I mean, I was born there. I grew up there. A lot of who I am was created in South Africa. So when they play any other team, except for the French yeah, team, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I support them because 
I know what it means for the country, for the fans in that country, and I know what it means. I know also know the pressure that are on those players to to be the source of inspiration and source of happiness for a whole country. That's it's a bit. I don't think there's any other team in well, maybe maybe like Fiji or the teams like that who understand what it means for a whole country and that the players understand the the pressure of bringing joy to a whole country because it's the only thing that works well in a country and that it's their responsibility to to give people a little bit of happiness mm. in their in their in their life. So that still has a big part in me. So uh, I'll, I'll always support that. If if the Springboks do well, South Africa does a little bit better. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean Fitzpatrick was on the pod last week and he said, "Without Antoine Dupont, France can't win the World Cup." Um, your thoughts? Go to Paul first. Base African. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. Is he that that important? He's pretty good, isn't he? I'm not sure they can't win it, but it's going to be a lot harder. When you're the when you're the best player in the world, (laughs) out on your own, there's there's no one else that can replace that Mm. brilliance. Mm. He's head and shoulders the best player in the world. We've said it before, he's the greatest player of our generation. How do you replace that? Do France's chances lessen? Of course they do. You look at the impact and the numbers, France with him in the squad versus when he's not the in the squad. Are mad, aren't they? It, it, yeah. It's crazy, his impact. I mean, there was a there was a wild number. In fact, if you just bear with me, I'm just going to get it up on my phone. On, get, talk, get on your TV notes. He's got his no, TV notes on there. Some, There's a lot of TV you've got. Someone's yeah, yeah. Defenders beaten by tier one nine since the Rugby World Cup in 2019. Antoine Dupont, 85. Then you scroll down next. Oh, Williams, 35. Now, he's a joke. Mm. He's an absolute joke. But there is good news. I mean, he's obviously suffered a massive injury. We take concussion, trauma and head injuries very seriously. And he's going through the relative protocols as well as having surgery. So he has that mandatory 10-day period where he can't train or do anything. But according to the reports as of this morning, reporting Media Olympique, he's back in with the squad on Thursday and starts his return to play back on Sunday. So as it stands, and if he goes through all those different levels and passes that fitness, he could be available for the World Cup quarterfinal. And if an iconic man couldn't be more iconic, then watching Antoine Dupont dress the Zorro Playing in a World Cup quarterfinals, like like Hardenadiki, do you remember that? Anything's legendary status if he comes back. Is that what's the crack with that? Can they? Can you wear a mask? So you can wear a mask. It's all done in line with World Rugby regulations. Yeah, yeah the same it has to be a certain thickness. Yeah, right, so I think it's five millimeters. Yeah. The same way you see like people yeah. broken forearms. It, can it be plastic? So he can't have he can't have something which protects him, but might be as a risk to to, oh, of course, yeah. to, to another player. Paul, can we ask you? Is that what you've heard? Is there a chance he'd be back for the quarterfinal? Then, as reports suggest, you know, <laughs> at the moment I'm 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 not on the bus. I'm not on the World Cup bus. You know, with the team they dropped me off, so I'm, oh. I'm busy doing my rehab before I can get back on. So I'm not in the loop as much. If there's anyone that that can come back, I, I think it would yeah. be him. Be his face, wouldn't it? He really is an impressive uh, impressive player, and uh, his mentality is also something else. So is it makes him different? Yeah, because well, see, like as a captain. Because yeah. we don't hear a lot no. of him, we just see yeah, him. Yeah, no, I, brilliant. Like, I would just call him Mr. Neutral, you know, because I've never seen him like really massively happy laughing or really sad or anything. It's like 
Looks like he's just uh, on top of it, like, yeah. Because I think that's why he... Who would give the sort of last team talk for the game, him? Oh, but luckily in our group, we've got a few yeah. a few leaders in the, in the group as well that came through. So we we lags, some other some other players will pick up and get the motivation, the classic French motivation going. If, he, if you were an emotional eater through times of trouble, how would he have dealt with this? What, what, would have been, what would have been the thing that he went to? Do you want to go for an emotional barbecue? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. In my eyes, I think this would like probably be one of his biggest tests is having that type of injury because it's a weird injury though. Like you, you showed your face. It's nothing that will like influence your performance but mentally, it's there, you know. Are you going to take a risk to play earlier and risk taking another shot? But the chances of you taking another shot exactly mm-hmm. on that is really low. Yeah, gonna hurt them, but, yeah but it's not, for me, it's going to be a mental thing. Are you mentally prepared to, mm. to do that? Yeah, and are you overcome that one? Yeah, no, that's so much pressure on him. World Cup well, yeah. final, I mean. Yeah. But it, I mean, thankfully, with the tackle regulations, I mean, you shouldn't go anywhere near the head. Yeah. However, if it was in the second row and he had to pin down in a scrum, I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine that'd be a position which would be all that yeah. comfortable. That kind of injury. Your mate, your mate. It was the tackler, wasn't he? An old friend of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that must have been a bit weird. Yeah. So the so the so the captain of the Namibian team. He. So I played with him on eighteen for Namibia. He yeah. was one of my teammates. I mean, kind of. So he's a friend of mine, but. It's what like the that, least, that text message, like yeah, it's like the least, uh, <laughs> the least probable, probable to to do something like that, you know. Like he, of course, of course. he's got it. Obviously, um, I left him be a little bit because uh, I know he's he'll be gutted. Because like in Namibia, like actually just prepared for the Uruguay Uruguay match. Um, so obviously it was a build up for them there. And now losing your captain and for him as well, I know he's gonna retire after the World Cup and all that. So yeah, that is yeah, yeah. he's gutted, obviously in um, that moment. Yeah, yeah, but it's like. I know also how it is to play in a team where you're taking 90 points, you know? Yeah. Kind of feel a bit desperate. So does Adam. Something, yeah. And you're captain. (laughs) (laughs) That was harsh. Can I ask Paul a question? Absolutely. Does Sean still train in a white vest? (laughs) <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxing, yeah. He trained in the most rascal gear. I remember when we were in South Africa. You on the tour, I know. And on a day off, just like went down, <clears throat> I think we just went down to the pool and there was a gym just down there, walk in, and Sean's in there in a white vest and a leather jacket, shadow boxing. I was like, I don't think the leather jacket is going to increase or help your performance on the pads, but he's... um. He's a unique character. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was the white vest, trucks of Optimus, shoes. Yeah. You know, mirrors in the Vale Hotel in the gym. Yeah. Women, women do like Pilates and he shadow boxing next to these like old guys. <laughs> the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's not changing. He's, he's going full out. Oh, yeah, he's, 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 he's fighting himself in there, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Is he still doing that in Paris? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, loves, he likes staying active, so you'll see him sometimes this evening in the gym. Doing his thing. Sean Edge is a bit of a character. <laughs> shadow boxing in the gym. I feel like Galti is the kind of man that would be next to him. Give it a go, Paul. He's he's a bit of a character as well, isn't he? No, I would say he's a different character. Though. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he like? No, obviously, like I've, I've had this talk with a few players in my career. Like most of the head coaches are a specific uh, species. You know, <laughs> I think I think that you need to have a certain character to, to deal with the pressure and to deal with uh, everything that comes along with the job. He's different and he has a certain way to do things. I think he's done a great job to make sure that he has a good coaching staff around him so that he's not he's not in charge of every single thing every all the time. What does he lead on coaching wise? It's like the mostly the the guy that brings everything together. 
by the interlegates. He's been under pressure this week, isn't he, with the whole Dupont thing? Yeah, which I felt was like, it's a little bit insane. Like, it's like trying to create something. The Dupont thing is like, everything is pre-planned and explained it in a, he explained it in the in the media, like, it's pre-planned, you have to change this the screen. This is playing Dupont against Namibia now and should he have taken him off? Yeah, 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 but he needs the play time. He needs yeah. the play time and that was decided beforehand and he would have come off on the 55th minute. And the thing is, like, as a coach, you need to stick with certain rules because that's how you can, that's the only way you can measure if that worked or not in the future. If you just go on a whim, I believe, then that whim is going to change and you're going to be more emotional some games or not. And then you can't come back. And because, uh, Galtier, uh, is really a stats based oh, is um, okay. coach as well. Like we've, we've done a few things in our game plan because of stats, like statistically, this is the best outcome. And with our team, when we kick or whatever, when you do this, this is the results. We want like this. So the only way you can do that is if you stick to the plan, you know, like, and I guess it's the same with your coaching style as well. You can only see if it worked or not, if you've done it the same way and then you adjust. So what are your like key performance indicators that you measure yourselves again? Most teams normally have three. It's loud and busy here in London. So hopefully we can hear you through it. But yeah, what are the things that if France do right, you end up winning the match. Well, kicking game for us is really important. Is that kick meters or amount of kicks? Kicking meters and amount of kicks, all that stuff comes together. And then as well, penalties conceded in certain places of the field. It's sometimes Ooh, really, really, okay. really important. So all the basic things, your set pieces and all that. But yeah, there's a few things that we concentrate on, um, which we base our, that we really want. Uh, but I guess it's the same for most of the teams. There are certain things that you know for, for your specific team, this this is what helps you to perform better. Professional, I don't Do you look at yeah, that stuff as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm asking, the big one for this would be like speed of ball from the ruck. Gats, I don't know, he's probably the same now, but ball in playtime. If the ball in playtime, you know, I think he said, um, I think he criticised maybe Australia's ball in play against Fiji compared to Wales. His Wales was like 40 minutes and Australia's was 27 or something. But the week game at the weekend, South Africa Island, was 28 minutes. Yeah, but it's a different idea, yeah. yeah. And that was a, it's a, a Wales, Wales, But Wales won ball in playtime to of course. You know, the fitness and... You know, test the sort of um, get on the corner, Warren Ball type of stuff. But um, so you know, if you, each coach should look at totally different stuff. I'd, I'd imagine everyone looks at the same stuff. Yeah, they'd be a little specific to each mm. setup, depending on yeah. what players yeah. you have yeah, and yeah, what exactly. type of playing style you you, you want to. How much is how much a coach is driven by numbers today? Because Steve Borthwick, the England coach, I, I think it's common knowledge that he he's absolutely obsessed with stats and yeah. base a game plan on it. it is, is that any different to, to yeah. France? Because when we look at France, like, oh, they're so fluid, they just play an yeah. instinct. But no, no. to get to that point, that's yeah. based on just numbers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that. Like, we kind of have to create a certain scenario for to have the freedom to do whatever we want. And the, the whole the whole key is to build up that scenario so that then you can make the, those decisions mm -hmm. and have the maybe three opportunities or three decisions to make. Um, what so, stats yeah. do you think? Eddie Jones has been looking at this week, Adam. Home to the end. Oh, um, <laughs> Boom. So let me, I'm going to put a positive spin on this. Right? I read somewhere this week that one of his jobs when he came in as Australian coach was to build a profile of Australian rugby. I mean, he's done that, hasn't he? Everyone's talking about Australian rugby, whether it's negative or not. Everyone knows about it and he's rebuilding, but it's been a tough week. Yeah, I, I don't like. They were definitely going to beat Wales, hundred percent, mate. They were going to beat Wales. Everyone says that. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 in, in fairness, they were missing two. Grant is a right hand lock and a tight end prop, but they're two Captain's massive. Captain's well skeleton, yeah, yeah. And you know they're two massive parts. You see the Welsh scrum came back into it and started to dominate, but you know they did alright in the first half. But those two are massive mm. phys physically as well. So I think I feel a little bit losing being a tight end prop and a big 
you know, if we were missing from a team, yeah. you know, we'd, they'd, teams would struggle. I'd imagine. Hundred percent. Back, back in the day, a bit, but yeah. um, no, well, for me, anyway. And the world's fifteen, it's supposed to be in. But you know, he causes a lot of um, pressure on do himself. You like it though? Now you're a fan of rugby. Do, do you enjoy this whole thing? It's I was expecting more theaters. from him. Yeah, I thought it'd be more from him and Gats. Yeah. Back and forth, you know, the, the old uh, some grenades. Yeah, there was a little bit, but it wasn't too much. No. Really, was there? So I, I, I feel a little bit for them losing those two key players. Really, I get like I was saying before, Paul. Like as a Welshman or Welsh fan, you kind of go in. This is amazing. That's the calmest I've ever been watching Wales in the World Cup. I was like, 20 minutes ago, we've got this. I wasn't even... Mm. Wait, 35 minutes to go. I know, but there's a Welsh person. You're like, you're always nervous, but we're Australia. Yeah. Flaining is Fiji, then. Yeah, if I was Wales, uh, I wouldn't read too much into this game, then. Uh, oh, Start to dream, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I know. It's good. It's normal, but yeah, I like, I think, and I think Gertz has the same mentality about it. Like, I don't think he's going to and I think, uh, oh, we've done it. We've arrived, you know, like, you know, I think they have. I, I, I think they have. Like, Australia were poor, and it's weird the conversation around Wales and, and, and England a bit. Like I said earlier, their result against Fiji looks wildly different to as the emotion straight mm. after the match. That was a brilliant result. And yet, Australia weren't great, but Wales made them look bang average. Like, winning all their scrum penalties, their defence, Jack Morgan, their creativity for um, for Gareth Davis's try. I just thought they ticked so many boxes. Australia, I think, conversation around Australia is you've got to delineate Australian rugby and Eddie Jones. And the conversation <laughs> is exactly the same as it was with, when he was in charge of England. Yeah. Everyone sees, yeah. everyone saw England rugby through Eddie Jones. Everyone seeing mm. Australian rugby through Eddie Jones. He likes to put himself front and centre. And hey, he's made a lot of enemies along the way, you know. His last interview before he left Australia told all the journalists to give him an uppercut. Um, and it was the worst interview they've ever done. So, but then at the same time, I don't think it's good to celebrate the demise of a nation mm. because we want, mm. you know, we spoke so much about the tier two nations doing so well or the teams outside of the top 10 doing so well, but it's equally as important for the top nations in the world to be flourishing. This is the biggest four years Australian rugby will have. 25 they got alliance to. Yeah. 27 that yeah. host the World Cup. And this is the worst Australian rugby's ever been. But a lot of what's been created and the negativity and them bowing out at, uh, at the group stages has been brought upon the selection of the coach. When you compare Eddie Jones and Warren Gatland and their squads, two young squads, think of where Wales were at the start yeah. of the year. Yeah. Crisis. They almost yeah. didn't play England. Um, England against Wales at the yeah. Principality. Yeah. Gareth Davis yeah. was on the well, side. Jack Morgan was being yeah. picked by Pivak, was he? Yeah. So the last six months, what Gareth's job, and when Wainwright. you when you have that comparison of two similar situations coming in off the back of crises, what Gats has done and where he's got them to, and where Australia rugby is right now, and them going home on a plane in a week's time, it's it's chalk and cheese. Just an interesting thing for me is in 2015, England bowed out of a home World Cup, and then it was Eddie Jones that came in off the back of yeah. that, and we won a grand slam. This time round, Eddie Jones has created this issue, but is he going to be the person to be able to fix the issue? And that just comes down to honest conversations. If the players don't believe and trust, then he can't be the person. If there's the belief and the trust within the playing group and the board, then he'll stay on. But he's also got to ask himself and be honest with himself, is he the right man? Does he have enough energy can he take this team on the path which he set him out to be? My only frustration with some of the comments about Eddie is 
we've got this young squad which we're building. I totally get the experience, but the World Cup is not a development tournament. Do you know what I mean? Wales have got a young squad. There's other teams playing in the World Cup that have young squads, but we're we're here. We're here. So whilst we totally understand and respect that 27, Australia hosting it, so are you saying that Quade Cooper should have gone? I'm not Michael scared. Hooper should have gone just for a bit of experience to try and win those games. Well, I think you can twin experience and young players. Look at Wales have done the likes of Alan Wynne Jones not being there, uh, as an example, Tipperick. Mm. Ken Owens. Ken Owens. Corey Hill, even. Do you know what I mean? That's three, four hundred caps out. Flooded it with lots of youth, but you have to get a balance. You know, um, selection's always subjective, but this whole notion of yeah, we, we build, we're here now. You can only be measured against your selection. So I think that's the, that's my only frustration. Can't keep talking about 27 when you're in flipping 23, bro. No. If you do, then you've got to accept the, yeah. the criticism. Then. Mm-hmm. So Wales could play Argentina in the quarters. Yes. England would play Fiji yes. in the yeah. quarters. Uh, it could be, I think I'm right in saying, an Ireland South Africa final, maybe, yes. potentially, a repeat of what we saw at the weekend. Uh, just quickly on that, how does South Africa pick themselves up from that loss? Yeah, I think if they can sort out the goal kicking problem, that will be a massive help. And then as well, then the small thing is just fixing uh, the discipline that they, because they gave away a few penalties uh, crucial times. What about the bench then? Will they stick to this 7 1? Or will they have a little think about that? Now? I don't know. You don't know whether Rossi's going to do that. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's it. 6 2, they'll go 6 2. 6 2 with yeah, Pollard, do you think? Yeah, and Reynach, the wing as well. Yeah. It's not a bump in the road. Oh, no. well, you, you heard um, Jacques Nina Barcia yeah. and he said, Can you win the World Cup? And they were laughing. And I just thought, it's the, journalistically, is the right question to yeah. ask. But in 2019, they lost the opening game against New Zealand. Yeah. They're yeah. current world champions. No. The reality is the airspace between the world champions and the best team on the planet in Ireland isn't a lot. Play that game 10 times. Honestly, it could be five each. I, 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 yeah. really, I, I really don't see it as that the squad will be deflated or anything. They will know that, that we can beat these in the same way Ireland, who won the game, will go, if we go again, yeah, we can oh, beat God. these. Hugo, England, are they going to start with three playoffs and Arundale because he scored 74 tries against uh, Chile? What, what happens next for England, please? I found it really interesting the last 30. I was just specifically looking at what Steve Borfitt would do when George Ford went on the pitch. I thought, if foul comes off, then maybe that gives an insight into what they work as. I was of the opinion that either go ball player at 10, 12, Ford and Farrell, and then change 15, but they went Ford, Farrell, Smith at 15. Steve Borfitt isn't the type of coach to waste minutes. So whether you start the game, get Samoa like that, or finish it like that, but Marcus has to be in the conversation. It's no longer an experiment. We've, we've seen it happen live. And Marcus, his contribution, scored two tries. One was a worldie. But I think the, he changes the attitude of that team. When you put the ball in someone's hands, if it's a DuPont or a, a Lewis Rees summit, everyone lifts in anticipation because you know they're going to do something or create something. And Marcus, with his... Speed, his footwork, and his creativity in those wide channels, I think he's a proper viable option. My back three would be Marcus at 15. Really? Yeah. Start with 15? Um, Freddie Stewart. Freddie Stewart on the wing. Oh. With Henry Arundel. Oh. Because kicking's still such a big part of England's game. Um, and people are like, oh, well, Marcus can't... Do you play Elliot Daly in the centre then? No. If you're going 10, 12, 4 to foul, you need Lawrence or Manu. 
you just need that banger. Look at what Bondiaki did. Look at Damien Diolande. Look what George North and Nick Tompkins do. You have to have ballast. Otherwise, you've got ball player, ball player, ball player, and no one in the fr- on the front line. But that would be my back three. And people say, Mark, is not good in the air. The majority of kicks come from scrum half. And when scrum halves are setting up to kick, it takes 10 seconds. In 10 seconds, if I'm in the backfield... Marcus, go into the middle of the pitch. Freddie, come catch his ball. He diffuses that bomb and then you can play. But I liked how they played. Um, you see Marcus Smith every day in training. He can yeah. play 15. He's such a good footballer, yeah. isn't he? I, I, it'd be the one, if he gets to the semi-final where they play, I don't know, say, uh, South Africa or someone, or someone's going to kick France, will they will both pick him in that position then? I don't know. He, he seems to back Stewart a lot, doesn't he? I think he's, he's yeah. a big part of his game plan. Is he? I don't. Is he quick enough for wing? Yeah, but the other thing is when we talk about positions, we talk about numbers on the back. But ultimately, you're selecting players in a back line. And yes, you've got to put a shirt number to their back. But when the game's an open play, you don't yeah. necessarily have to. Like Marcus isn't a fifteen. He's, He's a back three. A, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he just yeah. circulates, and yeah. you're just given that Roman role. So we get so focused on oh, he's in this position, he's that position, is that. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. Well, New Zealand are the best proof of that. Of course. Everyone's anyway, so malleable and interchangeable. Yeah. So you're just picking players to be on the pitch to get them into the best position to have a yeah. positive impact. I'd love if they did pick him before back. Love it. I think they will. Like you see, from fans' point of view, you just love watching them play, don't you? It, they like winning as well. Yeah, that's, so you yeah. get the best team to win. Who, um, the fans, who do they not want to meet in this World Cup? Um, or do they care? <laughs> right, well, smirk is that Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I like it because you're going to face the best in any way. So, yeah, I don't think it's really for us, even in our preparations that we had uh, in our build-up, like it wasn't a big thing for us. Like we, we never talk about the possibilities and all that. I mean, like, because, you know, as a, as a player, you know, like, yeah, you're going to rock up there Monday and say, okay, you said this week, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to go on, get on with it. But uh, well, it's yeah. Africa in the quarters now, it would seem. Yeah, it would seem. Yeah, it would seem. So um, world champions against the hosts in a yeah, World Cup final. Yeah, no. So for us, like, it's either or. Like, you're gonna face them in any case. So, mm. so bring it. Just it's almost like we've forgotten that they beat New Zealand in the first game. It's been so exciting. Yeah. So many big yeah. games. As I'm, I'm just confident for the whole World Cup experience that this game doesn't happen in a semi final. Or you know, or yeah. final. Yeah, we're not. Let's like, just. Uh, we won't. No, no. Yeah, we're happy. With that. We're happy at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, very happy. We're at the halfway point in the World Cup. Yeah. What's been your favourite game so far? Oh, I did enjoy Saturday. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. Wales Australia more than Fiji. I was like, <laughs> I reckon my average heart rate was about one six seven. The last twenty minutes, of the Australia game, just as a Welsh fan, to be like getting a little bit cocky. You know what I mean? It was so much fun. Oh no, I think Slavka. I know it was amazing. Oh, that was good as amazing well. Amazing game. Amazing game. Just a, as a Portugal, forward, Georgia was good. Yeah. As a draw. forward, though. Yeah. For me, Paul? I think that opener was. Yeah, was okay. Really good. <laughs> Just you? because of the spectacle. Uh, Any English games? <laughs> yeah. Before we leave you, we're doing our Camp I 15. So this is in partnership with the official beer of the Rugby World Cup, Asahi Super Dry. Uh, we're building a Camp I 15. Camp I is cheers, as you well know. Yes. For your trip to Japan yeah. recently. Yeah. What are you doing there? Uh, work with. Oh, assistant coach to no, who? We, we are. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Next week, Eddie Jones Eddie. and Adam Jones are taking over. <laughs> We're we, actually, two Joneses. <laughs> we have a uh, strategic partnership with Honda Heat. Oh. 
But, mate, I don't get that because you had a strategic partnership with New Zealand. Nothing happened. Yeah. Well, it was just player then, so I don't know what to <laughs> Let's get back to the Campo 15. <laughs> uh, one person, one player you would have He's like Eddie, to have a Eddie Jones. With. Yeah, it might be, might be Eddie Jones. Love to have a drink with. Might have played against them or not played against them. Give us an insight into someone that you've played against that really had a mark on you, stayed with you, good bloke, good player. Um, I was I was lucky to play with Jerry back in the day. Gascot. Collins. Oh, who? I thought he Jerry Gascot. Gascot. No, Jerry. because oh, he liked the beer. Yeah, he was he was uh, one of the greats. But um, the late greats. Yeah, Collins, and yeah. when after every All Black game, he was kind of you know he was one of the few. Him and, and Ali Williams, he was another very good fellow on the. Um, on the, uh, on the beer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was really good. He was good crack as well. And, they'd, and they were quite standoffish. There was a couple of them who would always come up a chat and have a beer. And, you know, they inevitably beat New by 40 points. So it was just like, give them a lucky boy sort of thing. But it was, um, yeah, they, those were good. I would like to, only because he said he'd like to have it with me, Dan Coles. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he mentioned a while ago he'd like to have a beer with me. So I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to have a beer with him. He looks good, Brendan. Will you let us know where you get one that beer? It'd be interesting to see. Do you sort it? Your oh, connections, you can probably saw it. Yeah. Paul, someone could saw it. Yeah, yeah. Joe Collins, when he first moved to Swansea, um, his boys used to tell some funny stories about a bit of a culture shock for him, like you know, all black legend going to Swansea and he got out. introduced to a night out in Wine yeah. Street, didn't he? Good night, though. He enjoyed Swansea, I think, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Wales, I think, in general. Jerry Collins, yeah, he's welcome in the Cambo 15. What are you saying, Paul? Well, the last six nations, I had like a surprising nice chat with uh, Elizabeth Gange. And that was quite surprising for me because uh, he was just taking over the, over the captaincy and stuff like that. So I think if I could, could continue that uh, chat, it would, would have been nice because, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Oh, like uh, how nicely we, we had a chat and I... I think that's why we do this Campo 15 because it's always something you don't yeah. expect, you know. Yeah, it's your perception of Ellis before you yeah. had a beer yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say it was way different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way different. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really different. Um, so yeah, I was quite surprised. Nice fellow, Ellis yeah, yeah. is a brilliant player. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I saw when we, because um, after the game, I went to his table because obviously they, they took a loss and it's like one of his first uh, uh, captaincy games. So I went over to him and I started chatting and oh, I was really surprised. Yeah. I was like, I was, oh, no, I I was a bit like that with you. Like, when I watch you on the pitch, you're like, quite mean, aren't you? Like, what do you mean? What, me? But yeah. Nah, I don't Look, so. quite hard looking. You've turned up today. It's so lovely. Isn't he lovely? Yeah. Very yeah, well, it's, I think it's, uh, it's like Montpellier, isn't I it? Just like, I can't take, I can't take that I could play at home. Like, you know, I've got kids to take care of. He <laughs> 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 needs to be more like Dupont. Yeah, have to leave it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I have to leave it on the field. Yeah, no, but yeah. So I would say him, I would love to have an, uh, been a whole whole Love evening it. with it's the guy. Yeah. Well, Alice Genge. Yeah. Oh, that can be. Um, I think his baby baby Brian. Yeah, I think his game girlfriend from the Falcons. No way. That's good enough. I think it's, yeah. Um, thank you so much, Chance uh, Paul. Good luck. Like, there's a massive chance we'll see you potentially, maybe mm. at this World Cup yeah. quarterfinals. I hope so. Semi-finals. What so. a story. Yeah. What a story. Awesome. But yeah, for the moment, I'm just focusing on getting back and to see what happens. happens. Oh, that would be France, South Africa as well. Oh, oh. Which, Wait, what a game. which I've missed the previous time. Yes, you did. Yeah. Because How of an injury. Would, so yeah. that would be unbelievable. Talk about life coming yeah. around full circle. Would you sing the anthem? Yes. Yeah, so Both of them. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. Like yeah. What do the boys make of that? I don't know. <laughs> 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 I think it's a sensitive topic, but. <laughs> Like, I, I've said it before, like, uh, I can't, you can't throw away your, where you came from. So I'm still proud of that side. 
um, because it's a big part of who I am today. But mm. yeah, so love that. I'm gonna show it's life, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's part of my story. So yeah. Well, Adam, Hugo, thank you as always. You've been listening to the official Rugby World Cup podcast brought to you by Sahi Superdry. Please leave a comment below, and we shall see you next week. Bye for now. Come by. Come by. Come by. Come by.